This is The A. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring The A and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And it is a full house. We have uh, a group called uh, So Say We All. We have uh, Jake Arkey. We have Justin Hutton-All. I have it written down, Jennifer, and that is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you are Sarah, right? Sam DeSalvo. Sam, yeah. Folks, uh, welcome aboard, and thank you so much. I've got a full house in my living room here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Well, how, how's everyone doing uh, this Saturday? It's uh, Luckily, it's not raining. I just came back from Newport Beach, and uh, we landed uh, at like at 5. Cause I had That's a where you were, yeah. Right, and, and we were someplace. I hear it was just raining like I don't know what here in the well, bay. Well, often, well, and it depends on where you were. I was sitting in my backyard. Yeah, the sun was shining. Yeah, and I decided I'd do some weeding. So as soon as I got up to do weeding, suddenly, no, it had been overcast. Mm-hmm. It starts raining, and then the sun starts shining while it's raining. <laughs> and meanwhile, I hear in Fremont like the roads are just being deluged. You know, it's just. Oh my God! <laughs> and in Long Beach got flooded. Yeah. And, like, and tomorrow Santa Cruz is supposed to be the epicenter oh no. yeah. of the storm, and it's supposed to be bigger than what we just got. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> so, how are you guys doing? And how did you guys handle, I guess, the rain this week? <laughs> oh my God! Well, we drove up here. Sam and I drove up here from Los Angeles, oh. and it was quite a, a, a harrowing journey. Kind of once you hit. Anderson's pea soup, R.I.P. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. R.I.P. soup. Um, but it was like it was just a total downpour. And then we we got onto you know 880, and it was the most fog that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it was like the craziest you know rain coming through. Um, but it was also the first time I remember we were driving over the Bay Bridge, and I couldn't see the city. Yeah, it was super eerie. Yeah, it was crazy. But I also know San Diego got flooding, because Justin, you're in San Diego. Oh, we did, yeah. I'm the one native San Diegan who doesn't love sunshine all the time, Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm, you know, I'm not a lizard, and I am just so happy (laughs) that we've gotten this rain. Um, But every year, there's a ritual in San Diego where somebody drives their Honda Civic into the one road that floods. Oh, (laughs) That's how we know it's winter. Absolutely crazy. We got a little bit of that in Newport Beach. I was uh, at my day job. I worked for the Alameda County District Attorney's Office, so there was wow. a conference there. Really beautiful. It, we get a little bit of rain, and then I read on SF Gate that you know, Samson's going to be flooded, and there's going to be more rain. So we'll, you know, we'll we'll survive. Yeah. And luckily, it did not affect SF Sketchfest. No, you, know, you guys got a good audience on. I Thursday. was really worried about that too. I was like, oh my gosh, if we came all the way up here, you know, we had we had uh, another performer from San Diego. We were coming up from LA, and I, I, that was a significant concern that I almost didn't want to like speak into existence. Um, but no, it didn't affect Sketchfest at all. Very good. And that was the, is it called the Vamp Festival? Or was it? Or Vamp? The show's called the Vamp Storytelling Showcase. Okay. Um, yeah, it's part, and we were we dropped into Sketchfest on this one. But no, you, we're, we're so grateful. San Franciscans are tough people. Y'all don't, y'all leave the house when it rains. That doesn't happen everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we love our comedy. You know, we, we love it. So yeah. as I begin... Every podcast, how was your week? Uh, mostly it's just anticipating. Uh, I go, big data at ACT mm-hmm. is going to go into tech next week, not this coming week, but by yeah. the weekend we will start preparing to tech. Mm-hmm. So understudies are finally being inv- invited into the room. <laughs> 
And we, we've got two weeks to learn our lines because they've been changing the script. So, oh, no. you know, oh. I've been studying, but it's hard to study something when you know some of it's going to change. It sounds like a moving target, yeah. Yeah, so that's <laughs> been interesting. Um, I'm actually running out of here today to go to TVA Generals or this weekend. Ah, okay. So I said I would help with the uh, Livermore folks. So yeah. I'm going to go and sit in and, yeah. You know, it's it's a new year and uh, Groundhog Day. The groundhog saw his oh. shadow. Supposedly. I don't know. Yeah. I'm yes. Yeah. So supposed to be an early spring. Yeah. What a surprise! Climate change. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know if anyone really believes in that anymore. I thought it was you know. It's, it's like, just a big news day. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There have been a little bit of uh, current events. I tried to squeeze in some fun stuff with, you know, some more, you know, serious stuff. I mean, there's way too many serious stuff. It, it just broke my heart that Carl Weathers, Weathers oh, Apollo yeah. Creed himself, yeah. passed yeah. away. Oh. Mm-hmm. Also, an earlier Cheetah Rivera passed away mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I don't right. know if anyone has any memories of mm-hmm. either that or Apollo Creed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's uh, that's sad. So um, the t- there's so people are losing their minds. I should say the GOP are losing their minds over Taylor Swift. Yes, if they're not arguing, Swifties. yeah, the Swifties. I'm, if they're not arguing, okay, how's she going to do her heiress tour and then come back to see the Super Bowl to see her boyfriend Travis <laughs> win another thing? I know. And, oh, and I just heard that it was uh, his brother is going to go with her. To Jason. Movies? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, hmm. <laughs> it doesn't feel like the same. I wouldn't go, oh, good, my boyfriend's brother will come with me to the Grammys. <laughs> not the most appealing option. <laughs> oh, oh, I understand. Jason's going to the Grammys, not not Travis. Yeah, he Travis did say that he can't go to the Grammys because right, right. he's practi- he's got to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh, yeah. geez. And Andy Reid cracked that whip. <laughs> yeah. The last thing you want is Travis going to the Grammys and hanging out, and then they lose, and then right, you know the right. trolls come out. Well, I love Japan saying, no, we're going to make sure she gets on her plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like All the whole nation is going to shut down to make sure that we mm-hmm. get her on her plane. A famously cooperative culture. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting, the GOP, because they're worried that she's going to make some statement saying, hey, I want my friends, I want all my Swifties to vote for Biden. Right, and yeah. you know they're they're peeing in their pants in their pants yeah. about yeah. that. Yep, yep. I hope she does. <laughs> I mean, at this point, does she even need to? They are they are professionally pissing off her fans at every turn. Like I saw, Fox News had a, a headline that said um, Taylor Swift's jet lands at Super Bowl belching CO two emissions. Oh, and I God. thought, and it was amazing. It's like Taylor Swift did it. She made the GOP care about climate change. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. that's right. If you care so much about her. Wasting CO2s, why don't you write a bill about exactly, it? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's just crazy. And it's going to be crazier. I mean, are we worried? I mean, how, what do you guys think about, you know, what's going to happen? You know, it's going to be a cliffhanger. I mean, you know, November yeah. 2024 is going to be like the fourth quarter, and we're just waiting for the votes to come in, like oh, a field overtime. goal. You know, are we going to win or lose? Are, are we worried? Are you confident? What do you think? Oh, man. It's That's- tough to say. After 2016 hit us, I feel like there's so uh, so much uncertainty because we went in so confident, I felt like, in 2016. And that, uh, right. that turned on us really quickly. Oh, yeah. So this country surprises me in the worst ways every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're smiling, so I think it sounds like you're confident. You're, I, you're- I, I have to be. Otherwise, I'd totally give up. But yeah, I hope Biden wins. I just, I get worried when I hear that 
no matter what Trump does, people hang on. So yeah, I, I don't quite understand that. I mean, yeah. I, I know that Trump is you know a total, complete narcissist. I just wonder about you know why people. I mean, he's going to be indicted. You know, for I mean, not not just indictment, but there's criminal charges still right, right now. The Eugene Carroll case. Well, no, that's mm-hmm. finished already. Yeah. Right. But there's going to be more. And coming. he's got a major payout for that. So yeah. he's right. gonna, but people don't you know, care. They don't care. Crazy. Yeah, they do no wrong for certain people, and it's awful. I agree with Sam. I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm I'm scared and. And it's always something that, you know, like you said, it, it blindsided us in 2016, and it was great that 2020 rolled around. But um, you know, I'm glad Biden's there. He's not my favorite candidate, but he's right. the person who's doing the job, and so hopefully we can hang on a little bit more, and something comes through. I don't know if Trump will ever see the inside of a jail cell, but as long as he's not seeing the inside of the Oval Office. <laughs> right, right. I can, I can live with that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I do I do feel bad for the Bernie bros and for those who, you know, lean toward you know, mm-hmm. far further left, you know, who wants a more, you know, like AOC or whatever. A progressive of, change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so. That would be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always reminding people that the Democratic Party is not left. They right. Are, they are moderate. They are, they are right. so middle of the They're road. They're moderate yeah. right. And then yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, 30, 32, 36, you know, we'll see AOC or somebody, you know, maybe Bernie will throw his hat back Fingers in. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you will see. And also, so this is, I, I, I think it's funny for me. There are these nine-month cruises. Have you guys heard about this? No. Mm-hmm. There are cruise lines that offer, like, cruises that would literally, I mean, literally, a woman could get pregnant on the day one and give birth when she leaves. I mean, and I, I have no idea that's, why anyone would go on a nine-month cruise. That's a lifestyle change. That's taking to the seas for a moment. Like, right. it's a whole new wow. life. Do we yeah. call those cruise babies? I yeah. get Hey. <laughs> you have to name it Carnival right. no matter what. What, yeah. what, is, what is your nationality at that point? Right. Yeah. Nautical. You know, I hadn't even thought about Nautical? that. Yeah, wild. So that was the, the funny thing that I saw. And uh, so... Let's get into an origin story. So, um, how did you guys meet? Um, we're talking about. I got to I, I will remember. So say you all. Is it say, say so we say all. we all? So say, say we, we all. all. Yes. How did it create? Uh, let's get into an origin story. I'll begin with Jay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Justin and I, uh, we met in 2008 in San Diego. We were both NYU grads. We did not know this at the time, mm-hmm. and I moved from New York to San Diego to work for the La Jolla Playhouse. It was my first job outside of college, but it was 2008 and the recession hit and then I was suddenly without a job. But I was at a 4th of July party. I had been invited to by someone who worked at the box office uh, at the Playhouse and there was a a very uh, charming man who was going around in a kilt and combat boots (laughs) offering homemade apple pie and he said with his drawl, you want a slice of pie? And I was like, sure. And I overheard him say that he was an NYU grad uh, in the dramatic writing department, which, you know, I had just left months prior. And so that man turned out to be Justin Hudnall, uh, so say we all's executive director. Um, but at the time, we just decided we, we, we found a kindred spirit. We both wanted to write uh, stuff, but we were in San Diego, which, while San Diego has some great theater, it doesn't necessarily have like a culture at that point in time it didn't necessarily have a culture of like the arts being very prominent or like a place where writers could go who wanted their stuff performed so we formed a writers group and then i'm trying to think how it kind of like morphed into we got to put people on stage yeah i 
Jake's originally from Salt Lake, but I was born and raised in San Diego, ran away to New York, and then came back 10 years later, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like San Diego, for me, it's like family. Like, I get mad if other people talk shit about it, but I can talk, I but you. I can. Yeah. And so my thing is like, yeah. Well, like we but were I, can, I can around. talk crap about Spanos, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah, we, we, are, we, we all do. No, no, no. <laughs> we, there's no love lost there. Do you know who Spanos is, uh, Norman? Not at all. He's the owner of the Chargers who were in San Diego, and now right. they've moved to L.A., and mm. it's just horrible. I feel bad for the, oh. uh, the fans. Oh, we're so grateful. It's, it's so <laughs> grateful. And like, now Jim Harbaugh is now the head coach of the – anyway, uh, we, we yeah. can keep going. We're free. We're free. <laughs> right. that curse. Um, so yeah, so Jake and I were in this. We started this writing group with some friends, and we we're sitting around. And of course, like we both lived in New York, so we 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 missed this culture and complained and, and longed for this culture we left behind of you know interactive, accessible arts that you know people could get a, you know off Broadway, smaller playhouses, more experimental, risky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day, Jake got tired of me complaining about it. And he said, "Well, why don't you why don't we just do it?" And then we put up one. With our friends, one uh, true storytelling showcase invited our friends and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in a coffee shop side room where they held Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, which is so appropriate. <laughs> right. Because some of the best storytellers on earth yeah, come yeah, out of those right, rooms. Right, yeah. And then it blew up. Everybody who was on our audience came up to us and, and they said, how do we get on stage and tell our stories? Yeah. And so once that happened, we realized pretty quickly that if, uh, if in order to scale with it, we either had to incorporate it as a nonprofit and run with it, or we needed to shut this down and move on because it was becoming a lot of work. Yeah. Sam, what about your story? I mean, how did you get involved? But also, where were you born and raised and how did, you know, theater bug bite you? And we want to hear a love story too, how you and Jay hooked up. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, so I, All of that. I know. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I was actually born in San Jose, California, not okay. too far from here. But I, my family moved when I was like five to Reno, Nevada. Siblings? And, huh? Do you have siblings? I do. I have two brothers. Okay. Yeah. So they, they're a little bit older than me. So they, I think, consider themselves much more from the Bay Area. Yeah. But we all moved together um, in 95. And um, I grew up in Reno, Nevada, went to college there, and then moved to the Bay Area in 2014 and met Jake uh, doing a play in 2016. Okay. So, and then I think I told my first vamp story in 2019. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and so I'd seen it. I'd gone to see Jake. Jake actually performed a, a vamp like the week we met, and so he had told me about it then. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that sounds so cool because I was a comedian and I was an actor, and so it really like fit both of those like together in a way. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and I was just in the Sketchfest show as well. So mm-hmm. I think Vamp gives you the opportunity to, and, and I'm a writer as well. So you get to kind of weave everything that I love together. Yeah. And, um, you know, tell stories and be as funny as you want to be. And it gave me an opportunity as a comedian mm-hmm. to be a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah. And, a, you know, not have to go for the laugh in every line and kind of make like a full arc of something. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, explain to me about Vamp because you guys have mentioned it and it sounds like Vamp is some, uh, something here in the Bay Area. Well, it, we're, we're bringing it to the Bay Area. Gotcha. So we're uh, part of uh, the goal is that now that we've had successful almost 15 years in San Diego mm-hmm. is that we kind of want to take this show out on the road and bring it to communities that, you know, I lived here in the Bay area for eight years and I found such a great artistic community and such a great home here that I wanted to, to share the love that had been created in San Diego up here. Yeah. So last year um, when piano fight was closing, we decided we'll pitch a show. We'll do a vamp 
storytelling showcase where people can submit stories and the theme we normally have a theme that's kind of obscure but it'll be about piano fight Mm -hmm. what are your memories of piano fight what Mm. was it like to to do shows here some people also talked about meeting their spouse at piano fight Mm -hmm. we had the um person molly benson who did the um mosaic across the bar talk about how she created that while she was pregnant with her first child Mm. and it was a sellout show Mm -hmm. it was huge and we had a great group of people sam was on that lineup uh another woman named molly shapiro who did our sketchfish show was on it Mm -hmm. and justin and i got to talking and we said well we want to do this at least once a year you know if not more up here in the bay area Mm -hmm. and take the vamp format where you put a theme out plenty of time you give people time to submit the first draft of the story mm-hmm. you get all this help in group critiques and one-on-one mentorship mm-hmm. and it can be you are an actor and a writer or a comedian like sam is or you can be just a normal person off the street mm-hmm. with a great story to tell but you get that educational component you get that group support and one thing that i i loved up here was the storytelling community but i also felt like Sometimes I didn't get to know the people who I was on stage with. Mm -hmm. We would all come together, do the show, and people would leave. And it's like, oh, I want us to get to know each other. So doing VAMP, I think, brings worlds together and brings people together and brings point of view together. And doing Sketchfest last Thursday was like we had an array of people, some from the Bay Area, some from San Diego, some from L.A., all working together to bring this show. And then we got to present it in front of a Bay Area audience mm-hmm. who now can submit their stories mm-hmm. to the next time we do it up here or mm-hmm. the show that we have coming up in L.A. or any of the shows in San Diego so that it creates this community of culture that exists within whatever city you're in but is also wider spread. Mm-hmm. Now, the question I have is, so I guess you guys are just taking it everywhere, the Bay Area to L.A. to San Diego. Is that about right? I mean, yeah. are you going beyond California? Yeah, we're floating think? around California right now. Might even pop up to Reno in the near future. All right. Hey. Hey. We got a connection. <laughs> yeah. So the format is, it sounds like So Say We All is the company. Yes, we're the, that, yeah, it's a nonprofit. We have other shows that are uh, open, storytelling open mic shows where anybody can come, sit there. And, you know, there's always like half the room that sits down there and they're like, oh, I'm just here to listen. I don't mm-hmm. have a story to tell. Right. Right. And then they hear a few people tell their stories and maybe they have a, a beer or two, Liquid Courage. And then we want them to have the feeling like, oh, I can do that. And then mm-hmm. it's then they do. They get up and they'll tell a story you know, with no notes. But yeah. the, Vam- the VAMP Storytelling Showcase, our flagship, our marginally most famous show, we like to call it. Yeah, uh, you, yeah like Jake said, like that's much more produced. It's it's the fail-safe arts, you know. Like sure. We, I love working with people in the arts, especially in San Diego, because mm-hmm. it's not as common as I, as I would have it up here in New York. But um, you know, you, you can be anybody. You can be a uh, you can be a nurse. I'm trying uh-huh. to think of the people we work with. You know, veterans, uh, sanitation worker, whatever. Come in, have no background. Be like, I got this great story to tell. And anything you feel like you're missing, whether it's performance training, stage fright issues, mm-hmm. uh, how to craft a story, whatever. You know, by the time you're done with us, like we'll we'll get you the best story you want to tell. Do you have a venue that you do normally in San Diego? We do. We have. Our uh, shout out to the Whistle Stop in South Park, San Diego, okay. the the toughest little bar that could. We've been there for 15 years. 
Um, our other venue is Thorn Street Brewing. They're wonderful folks, also. But we'll we'll do anything. We'll play bar mitzvahs. <laughs> we'll, go to, we'll go to your library. We'll go to your mom's house. Let us know well, and, wherever people come. And Justin, you're being a, a little humble. You've created partnerships with the La Jolla Playhouse, with the Old Globe in the past, with a, a variety of different theaters who have taken it. And even like during the pandemic, I remember. We did the um, Without Walls Festival mm-hmm. with the La Jolla Playhouse, which was all audio-based stories. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that is fantastic. And it sounds like the Bay Area, I mean, would you would you think that the Bay Area, of all of the places that you've done, is the most uh, hospitable? I definitely think for, um, for the shows outside of San Diego, yeah. I think L.A. is starting to catch on to it. But I think what I've found in the Bay Area is that there are performers who love performing, mm-hmm. who love being dedicated to their craft, who love to come out and support each other. And that's, I think, been like the biggest thing. We had uh, Nicole O'Dell, who runs KML, mm-hmm. um, Killing My Lobster, shout out to mm-hmm. them, yeah. on our Piano Fight show. And talking, having her on the show uh, was a pure joy. And it was also something like, well, now we can bring all these other artists in who are interested in telling their story and telling it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, you know, like Norman, you were mentioning, you're, you're understudying right now. Yeah, yeah. And you're looking for another outlet of like, how do I can, how can I still keep sharp and get my voice out there, but mm-hmm. also let the world know who I am. And right. That, I think, is what the Bay Area has always done is, like, let people be who they are Mm -hmm. and let whoever wants to kind of take the stage can. And that has been a welcome, truly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring Norman in because we've had folks, you know, when people think about theater and performing, they think, okay, let me audition for the traditional piece, Mm -hmm. the traditional play, whatever it be, for some traditional um, um, uh, writer. And that's what theater is. And a lot of actors who may have something else bubbling inside of them may say, you know what, maybe there's another way of performing without doing the traditional thing. Mm-hmm. Have you found that people have made that tradition or, I mean, that transition? That's what I mean. There, there are people. I'm sure that's what you guys are finding. There are people who are ready and, and open to doing that. And then you've got, just like, I, I don't know how many times I've talked to a musical theater actor and had them go, Oh no! Uh, this isn't a musical. I I, I can't do this, yeah. and vice versa. Actors who are amazing actors, and you mention a musical to them, and you it was like you know a, a stake in the heart of a vampire. They're just mm-hmm. like no, can't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing. This is you've got to be open to it. Yeah. yeah, I'll ask all three of you because all three of you are writers. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, I'll begin with you, Sam. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Um, was there a point where each of you said, you know? I can write for the traditional theater, you know, write a traditional one act or a traditional full length play. But you make the transition to, you know what? I want to do this. I want to do, you know, the vamp or, you know, so say we all. I mean, is I, I hopefully my question is is understandable. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know that I made a transition, so to say, but I think like we're kind of saying is you add it to your repertoire, like okay. it's something that you can do. And I was thinking that the thing that's really special about vamp is that it 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 does thrive in these cities that are off 
the beaten path for entertainment sure. so in San Diego, in San Francisco, because I think there's an open door that when you're competing in Los Angeles or New York, yeah. you get beaten down so quickly that you get all these no's. And I think Vamp supports the, the, the theory that, no, you have something to say. We, we can help you say it better yeah. and we can help you get your story mm. out there. Yeah. So I think like that's what's appealing to me about Vamp. It's also something... Not to say that it's easy, but it's in a shorter time period. So mm-hmm. you can submit at the beginning of February, and by the end of February, you have a story that you get to tell in four weeks, to, or four to six weeks. Yeah. So it's it's kind of something, and it's so transformative. That's the thing that I hear most and have, have experienced myself, is that you'll submit something, and I mean, myself included, everyone goes, oh, God, that was bad. You know, like I submitted something, I'm like, yeah. I don't know, I don't love that, but right. let's see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, people are so thrilled with what they have and like everything that's come together and the camaraderie <clears throat> that you give feedback on everyone that you perform with and yeah. they give feedback on you. You became, you become really close, you're rooting for each other. Yeah. So I think that's what I love about VAMP is this kind of opportunity that is quick and mm-hmm. you're able to... Um, do something really powerful and feel really creative and, and make that. Yeah. Statement. And you get the affirmation from the audience, which yeah, is more yeah. than just the, Oh, that was great performance, but we are with yeah. you. We, we connect with you. Yes. Um, Justin, I'll ask you this because you went to a school to NYU for uh, is dramatic, it play, writing, yeah. dramatic writing. Mm. Did you think that you would be doing this? I mean, is there still a part of you that's like, I still want to do that full length play or do it through a traditional way. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I mean, and, and you know, it's so funny what the way you phrased it in like, um, and I want to see if you agree with this or not, but it's like, you know, in NYU, you go to, you go to school for, you go to school for dramatic writing, right? you get in. Uh, I would not have gotten into that school based on academia merits. Let me tell you, I going, you know, you. not, I was, it was, whew, I still think they screwed up the paperwork, but I got in. And so <laughs> yeah. then like, you, you have to pick, like, are you going to go playwriting? Are you going to do screenwriting? Are you going to do TV writing? Right. Now, also, do you want to do video game writing? Is mm-hmm. another thing you can maximize in. Oh, uh, you're in that. theater. Do you want to do musical theater, experimental theater? Do you want right. to be movement-based? Do you want to do Stanislavski? Like, and it's like, you can keep going. And it's like, they, and I feel like this is like academia in all ways. It's like, eventually, if you get a postdoc, you can you can like specialize in the left side of a, of a piano keyboard. Right. Yeah, and yes. that's all I know. Yeah. I know this to that. Right. But nothing about the game or life works that way. Sure. Right? So if you want to be an artist, especially now in this, and how fraught it's all become and how real estate has mm-hmm. dismantled all these artistic yes. things, yes. you got to be able to do, one, hopefully, what gives you joy in any way you can find it, and right. two, work it into your toolbox, right? Yeah. So every actor should, every actor has stories. They are a writer, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, <clears throat> one thing people will say to us is like, well, I'm not a writer, but it's like, okay, we're, we're nitpicking the, the words here, but the thing is, it's like, you cannot be a human being and not be a storyteller. Exactly. You know, exactly. Like we, we, I like to joke that it's like, if you've had a bad day and a beer and a victim to listen to you, you have told a story. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah. You are one of us yeah, now. Yeah. Right? That's exactly right. So there, there is no bar to jump. And it's just, you know, I'll tell you a little secret. Um, uh, the worst people, the, 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 the worst personalities we've worked with, and we are so lucky because almost everybody has been a joy. And the few times it hasn't are the people who just, uh, they know too much. Oh, right. Oh, and yeah. it's the only consistent group where it's like, oh, you've self-published a novel and you're not, and you don't, and we have nothing to tell you. And then it's right. like, oh no. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and everyone else has just been so uh, gracious. They show up, you know, wanting to get better. We love to, you know, help each other. It's, we don't know everything. Right. You know, there's, right. There, every rule's meant to be broken, mm-hmm. but at least like listen to each other. Yeah. You know, read the room just like you do with with life, and yeah, you'll you'll end up with an incredible product. And I, what you said about our audiences, we just have such 
incredibly loving, accepting audiences. It, it's the opposite of a stand-up comedy audience. There's no heckling. There's no jeering. There's right, no, like, right, Because right. I think there's something about knowing, like, this is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a vulnerability. You, there's and a I vulnerability think, to yes. it, and they want you to do well. Yeah, yeah. And, Jake, I mean, what do you, I mean, as far as when you began school and what you're doing now, yeah. I'm sure you're doing what completely different what you thought you'd be doing. Completely different, but I, I still do have that play in me. And yeah. And I, I still, um, I would say first and foremost, feel like a playwright at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Mm-hmm. When when Justin pitched this this idea that we were going to tell these true stories on stage, you know, I think he used This American Life as a model, The Moth as a model, right, right. and I had never Garrison heard of Keeler. Garrison Keeler, yeah, all oh, of that. Leguizamo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Spalding Gray and yeah. all those guys. Um, we oh, Garrison Keeler. I meant Spalding Gray. <laughs> I mean, Garrison uh, Keeler a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Even yeah. though, you oh, know, totally. it, it didn't end well for Jake, him. But Jake yeah. will do a great impersonation. But I still think, and one of the things that we did in So Say We All at the very beginning was I wrote a play and we staged it. And it was a, it was a true story, and for legal reasons, I can't say the name of it. But it was a great uh, introduction to finding our feet. And since then, I've been working on several different stories uh, and plays. And I still want to stage plays. I still want to be on stage in plays. I think it's also, uh, as we know, it's hard. It's hard to get that many people mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. It's hard to. I found it's very hard to get out of that development, you know, process where like everybody needs to like throw something in. Mm -hmm. And what Sam was saying about the immediacy is like you get that feedback in a very condensed amount of time and get to present it. I'm worried that I'm going to write these plays that nobody's going to see at a certain point or nobody's going to want to fund or, you know, where does it go from here and there? But yeah, I... I never thought I'd be here, and I still want to do the thing that I went mm. to school for, too. Yeah. You know? But no, it sounds like it's one of those things. I mean, I think about the yay a, a lot like that, where we began with just an idea of just Norman and I, you and I talking about theater and talking about, you know, just the ins and outs of it. And all of a sudden, we bring in guests in, and they sort of take over mm-hmm. and make it what they want it to be. And it sounds yeah. like, you know, Vamp or So Say We All. You know, you bring in a subject matter and people are like, oh, I connect with that subject matter. Yeah. Here's my story. And then they, you know, it becomes a format yeah. where they can share their stories and an audience can connect with them. And it's a really, it's a really great, I have to also just mention, it's a great educational component. Yeah. Um, the reason I left San Diego, uh, I found out I was moving up to the Bay Area the day we became a 501c3 and I was very conflicted. Uh-huh. But I had been offered a job uh, as uh, I got a playwriting residency with Theodore. From that, I got uh, to eventually become the associate director of education with playwriting specifically yeah. there, which was so great. And I would run the Young Playwrights Projects where high mm-hmm. school students would write 10-minute plays. We'd bring in actors to do staged readings of mm-hmm. them. But I found it, it was also harder for... Um, uh, kids who are younger than high school mm. and sometimes for adults. And so I started to use a storytelling curriculum yeah. that middle schoolers and like seniors were able to connect with a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And maybe where that barrier of creating something that would take so long and seem so daunting 
now it seemed manageable and yeah. now people could connect in a way where you're having you're having a seventh grader and a woman in her 80s kind of tell the same story in a different way huh. but they're they're seeing each other for the first time in a new light and that was a wow. really cool component yeah. wow wow just as, as you were talking about that you're right. The whole concept of stories, everyone has a story. And when we think about stories, I mean, it's, it's the cradle of civilization, you yeah, know, right. you know, you have a, a tribe, you know, telling a story at a, a campfire and that yeah. story gets passed on from generation to generation. And everyone has that. And this is a sort of a 21st century or theater theater way yeah. of, of doing mm-hmm. that sort of storytelling business wise. Are you making money? Not making money? I mean, five hundred one C. It's a nonprofit, boy. Is yeah. it ever the nonprofit? No, uh, we're very lucky. I mean, I've been able to do this full time for several years now. Oh, excellent! Um, hey. We have four employees okay. now. Um, individual contributions are key, you know, memberships. Uh, but grants, I'm a grant writer, also that okay. pulls in a lot. A lot of partnerships uh, mm-hmm. with organizations. So we work with, you know, high schools, community colleges. Um, and it all comes together somehow. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I'm still, I'm still waiting for that, that rich person who doesn't like their grandkids who wants to adopt me and <laughs> my nonprofit. And so I, yeah, but you mentioned education. I guess it could be part of a curriculum for some school. It is. To- we have we've taught for many years uh, where the entire class of 50 kids at High Tech High in San Diego will all end up telling their true stories over five days. Yeah, and they and just. The way those kids come together and support each other is incredible. It is entirely foreign to my public school education, but Uh it's just like, Mm -hmm. man, I love how they come together. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had it when I was a kid. I mean, when I was a kid, I think I was in junior high school, and we had this one cool English teacher who not only uh, had us read these novels, but actually act them out Mm. and actually incorporate our own vision. I remember, you know, doing. uh, It was Jack London's. Who did um, to build a fire? I think it was. that sounds like Jack London. Yeah, I think yeah. it is Jack London. Sounds like that kind of thing. And, yeah. uh, but it was a teacher who's a very, very cool teacher. Clearly not one who is, you know, just, you know, your run of the mill. Mm-hmm. Here, read chapter three and get out of my face. You know, just read it and do your report. But, you know, he really wanted to incorporate the kids. And it sounds like this is interactive. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. We were okay. actually just talking about an educational experience you had with theater mm. on the way over here. I don't know if you want to talk with the Hamlet oh, parodies. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I had an English teacher. Who's mm-hmm. obsessed and you can twist the mic your way. Okay. Who, there you go. There we go. Get those nice as, train as the sounds. Train, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> That's how you know you were in Oakland. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I had an English teacher who was obsessed with Hamlet, and my senior year, he said that we could do these like parodies, so to speak, where we had we each got a scene. Like we were in small groups, we got scenes from Hamlet, and then you can put your own spin on it. Yeah. And I remember at the time I was telling Jake that. Uh, the office was very popular and someone did a filmed like office and all Mm. the soliloquies were in the you know talking heads and oh it it was really it was really well done and so yeah those things stick with you because they are so they deviate from what the normal you know read hamlet and then Mm -hmm. do a report on it Mm. kind of model yeah so yeah here's a follow-up sam so uh, you had a sort of a track or an idea of what you wanted to do before you met Jake and before, you know, uh, so say we all. Yeah. Do you still want to do stand-up comedy on your own or are you, you know, is is this your thing? 
Um, so I would say I tell a story with So Say We All once every year, a couple or every other year. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I love to support. I, I love to go and see the shows. Yeah. But uh, in my uh, spare time, I write scripts and um, have done some other small performances in L.A. And I'm a copywriter by trade. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so focusing on a lot of different things. Yeah. But I stopped doing comedy as much when we moved to L.A. in 2018. Um, but yeah, still do performances from time to time, kind yeah. of just bouncing around, always have some foot in the performance world though. Very nice. I was going to ask you, and it sounds like, um, 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 shoot, I got <laughs> names, oh, Jake, Jake, Justin, <laughs> Justin, yeah. thank you, Justin. Cause it sounds like you're the business guy, uh, with, with, with this. They call me story dad. Do you have a video? Does, um, does so say we all have a video presence? Like, are you thinking about, you know, Oh yeah. If you go on our YouTube, YouTube channel, channel, we you have, have, YouTube channel. We have cool. every, every show we've ever done. We've put online. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Because theaters are doing that, like you and Norman, you and I have yeah. talked about uh, Playground oh San Francisco. Playground does it, yeah. Playground yeah. San Well, how hard, you know, and I understand for because of union reasons and legal reasons and all of that. But like, what a what an enormous wealth of a video from from New York theater alone that we can't see, right? right. Unless you go into a library, oh, unless you physically go into a library, sit down and all, watch it under yeah, armed guard. All yeah, the, all the regions have that problem. Yeah, yeah you can yeah. turn right, you can turn the mic your way. Uh, I'll just lean in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, all the regions have that problem, and now we're in a new world. Playground SF does, um, they made a SAG agreement, and the there's a deferred payment option in the contract, so they tell you you're going to get paid X, but they only pay you like a small stipend, and the rest of it is deferred unless the project makes money. Mm. And since that's not the mechanism that has been set up, yeah, you know, it's probably just going to sit, but at least people can see it. Right, right, yeah. You know, it's it's free to see, so yeah, you, know, you don't get paid, but your work gets out there. So it's a it's an interesting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how the union, how the stage union, how Actors Equity responds to this. Because I was curious about that too. Oh, they've shifted some, a little bit. They're a little more flexible because they were completely. There was a wall before and. Oh, you'd get kicked out of the union quick. Um, But um, they're starting to be flexible because a lot of producers have said, well, you're just making me jump through too many hoops. I'm going to go with this deal because it's still a a fair deal in the sense that I, the producer, am not going to make a bunch of money and my performers don't get anything. No, we're putting it out to the world and the format that we're using isn't – we're nonprofit, so it's not a moneymaker. Right. And yet it gets out. We can get it out to more people. So whereas with the union, the union is, you know, act, the stage union is going to fight for that money up front. And poor producer is stuck either trying to figure out how to monetize it or they just can't, you know, they're going to go broke. Yeah. You guys haven't had that problem like with, uh, I don't know, with uh, actors or performers you know, either doing vamp or uh, so say we all. No, because it's all their own true stories. So they, mm-hmm. you know, and... There's no right. issues. I mean, we don't. We right. we will often say like, there's no unless there's a real purpose for it. Feel free to not use people's real name. I mean, it's nonfiction. It's not journalism. Yeah. you don't have to <laughs> cite your sources. Yeah, so right. you, you're not dealing with actors who need to get paid or you need to sign some sort of an agreement. Yes, you can use you know you, you know put no. my stuff on video. No, 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 or whatever, no, no. It does. It does. It's not. It doesn't uh, fall into any of the union. Well, that's films. good. Yeah. That's good. And uh, oh, I want to 
kind of go back. I'm curious what show you guys were in when you met. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sam, uh, take it away. So it was a show called Forking at Piano Fight in 2016. And okay. it, it was an original work by someone who had known the founders of Piano Fight. Mm-hmm. And it was like his, he had revised the script. And they didn't. It was just about hooking up in the 90s. Yay. Hey! Yeah. It, was, it was a choose-your-own-adventure yeah, type of show, and we played the two hosts and all the ancillary characters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and on stage we never had a relationship with anybody, right. but off stage we're the one relationship that has maintained. Yes, <laughs> yes. Many other people hooked up as well during yeah. the hooking up show. Um, but yeah, we met then and got married in 2020. Uh-huh. So Congrats. yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Well, well, and then my follow-up with that is, I'm just curious, the San Diego and I. And, Personal. My mom lives in uh, Normal Heights. Oh, oh that's awesome. I yeah. love Normal Heights. Yeah. Yeah, She's up the block from me. <laughs> so I'm curious what you would say the San Diego theater scene is versus what you know of the Bay Area theater scene. Woof. Oh. Um, well, Jake, what, you I mean, go first. Yeah, I, I, w- I moved to San Diego for the job with the La Jolla Playhouse mm-hmm. when I really wanted to move to the Bay Area. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, recession and all of that aside, I felt like the best theater I was seeing was the one that Justin was saying that like we didn't get a whole lot of there. Um, where I saw a play produced in a um, storage unit by mm. this company, and it was one of the best plays I've ever seen. The power went out in the middle of it; didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was harder to see. Um, local artists kind of get passed over. Um, Uh It was hard to see these big touring shows come through and they would not hire local actors. And uh, I think the, the two big houses there were very much like, no, we're going to set a precedent that we need to make money. We need to keep it going. And when I moved up here, what was so great is that I kept on being able to see my friends, my colleagues, Mm -hmm. people who were doing this and had their full heart and soul in it. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was actually from the people who were making it. It was for us in the audience. It was for the Bay Area. And it would have those spins on it where I was like, this is absolutely incredible. Like when I saw Fences at Marin and I think it was Carl Lumley was playing. I think it might've been. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I've never seen this actor before and I had never seen Fences at that point in time. Uh-huh. And it was mind-blowing. And then he was at TheaterWorks. Right. And so I got to, oh, okay, so you're here. You're local. You're doing mm-hmm. all of this. And that to me is what like brought it all together was like I didn't really get to know anybody in the theater scene because it was so kind of out of town. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's one of the biggest complaints that actors have had. It's like yeah. I can do things here in the Bay Area that I can't do elsewhere. And there are actors who want to be equity, and they've talked. Sure. Should I be equity? Should I go somewhere else? And you know, the warning has been, well, you're not going to have the type of opportunities that you have here. Yeah. Um, although you know, there are not a lot of equity houses here. Yeah. But you can still have a little bit of money. These may be the last moments where you can still rent out a little space. Yeah. Do you know do 
your thing and actually get an audience and get the acceptance that you want is probably one of the reasons why you know you did this, the sketch fest sure t- and uh, two days ago it was that was a big part of it and I will say last summer when I got uh, cast in Sparks production of Silent Sky. Um, they they treated us so well, mm-hmm. and it was. Wait a minute, you were in Silent Sky? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I was in Much Ado. Oh, oh my wow. gosh! Small world. We totally crossed paths. <laughs> we talked. I think we talked because I I, saw, I came out to see Silent Sky. Yeah, you were the one guy that was from out of town. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I knew it's funny about that, like Small World talking about that. That's amazing. So I worked <laughs> on Silent Sky when it was at Theaterworks, and I was right. the education person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I brought. So you knew John Tracy? John, I, was John Tracy there? John Tracy, I know John Tracy, but not through Theaterworks, okay. just through other stuff. Okay, but. But, um, I'm getting theater first, theater works yes. mixed up. Yeah, 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 Never yeah, mind. Yeah. No, this was Robert Kelly's company for many, many years. Gotcha. Yes. He only slept down in the last couple of years. But okay. we, we did this play by an NYU playwright, Lauren Gunderson, mm-hmm. and I believe it was the West Coast premiere. Yeah. Elena Wright was uh, Henrietta Levitt, the star, and then Jennifer LeBlanc was um, in the show with uh, her as her sister. Right. And I always was like, well, I, I like being the educational component, but it would be really cool to be on stage. Cut to 10 years later, Jennifer remembered me through doing a couple different programs as like the education guy mm-hmm. and asked me to audition, said Elena was coming back to revitalize the role and would I be interested. And I'd had kind of a bad experience with a theater out of just outside of Sacramento. So I was worried mm-hmm. about leaving home yeah. for so long. But I will say Spark treated us very well. Yeah, yeah. That I thought the, the contract was very fair yep. of what they gave us. Uh, my host family, shout out to the Carlings. They put me up and were very, very kind, very generous, lovely people. And the whole... Um, the whole concept of doing it was like we were going to be outside, right? Yeah, and like I don't know how did how did the weather hold up for you in, in Much Ado? I, much Ado. One of my favorite moments was the beginning of the play. I come out. I'm talking to um, God. I don't even remember names. Hero and um, and Beatrice. Yeah. And then Don um, Pedro and his troop come in, and Benedict and all those folks. They would enter stage left. While the sun was going down stage yes. right. So yes. every entrance meant you had to... They were trying to talk to us staring directly into the sun. <laughs> it was such an effing joy. <laughs> Me and Don uh, Pedro had a moment. Because originally, the way they cut the script, we would they'd arrive and we'd exit. And then you'd get the little banter between Beatrice and yeah. Benedict. But um, the director decided that she wanted to keep us on stage to delay our entrance so that we could see the villain enter and then we would exit so me and Don Pedro would kind of counter upstage while Beatrice and Benedict had their first little fuss and this poor woman was like oh I hate these moments and I said oh peas and carrots right you don't want to sit there just doing nothing I said don't worry about it we're going to make this is going to work so every time she'd come over to me I'm like (laughs) it's so fun to watch you just squinting into the sun and she would immediately relax and start laughing so we would have this little moment that the audience never heard that was just totally natural and fun and full yeah and meanwhile, we're supporting what's going on. I love mm-hmm. that space. I mean, I'm Leonardo. That was my vineyard. Yeah. So, you know, I love it. I would love to be back there. Yeah. I shouldn't say that on the mic, but I would, no. Uh, well, I'm up for a couple of shows this summer, and and that one is definitely 
going back to Livermore would make me so happy. Well, I hope it all works out for you um, in one way or another. Yeah. There, yeah. there you go. It's great. We're about to hit the one hour mark, and I want to be respectful of your time. Thank you, um, where will So Say We All go next? What's What's the future? Well, we have uh, shows every month in San Diego. We have our first Los Angeles date on the books yeah, uh, coming up on April 10th, and we're going to be back here in San Francisco as soon as we can work that out. So, right on. Uh, if anybody uh, wants to wants to invite us in, wants love to host to, us, wants to host us, we'd love um, to be a yeah. part of it. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Um, is Beast Crawl still going on? That was like the literary event in Oakland every year. They'd I'm not sh- sure. Okay. I haven't heard it. Yeah. However, you know, we were talking about Piano Fight being closed down. Yeah. But the space is still, you know, we, you should, I'll give you the, the email of the woman who runs it right now, 1540 Broadway, because Mm -hmm. she's looking for people to rent the space out. Well, I'm also curious, um, and I don't know if you guys know anything about this at all, but uh, it seems like there are more comedy clubs popping up. Oakland's got two comedy clubs. And I'm like, one of them was in a little storefront before the lockdown. And so I assume, like everybody else, they disappeared. But now they're in a nicer space on the other side of the street. They're on Telegraph. And I keep, every time I go by it, I'm like, fuck, they got like electric lights and stuff. Before before it was just a poster in the window. That's such a good sign. I mean, I feel like you can tell the health of a city that way. Because I think LA's actually been losing a lot of its smaller venues. And it's open mic nights. And it's, you know, those are are withering up, drying up a little bit because of the... So I'm not sure what's happening, but it feels like, and I would love that. When I first moved to the Bay Area way back in the 80s, um, there was a comedy scene that was sort of dying. It had been yeah. like hot in the 60s mm-hmm. and it was yeah. sort of dying. But I saw Dana Carvey at a little, you know, a little cafe uh, yeah. in a neighborhood right before he went to Saturday Night Live. Wow. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. And then within a few years of that, all those clubs just went away. Yeah. That's I mean, I, I still miss the Darkroom Theater. The Darkroom oh, Theater was God. on 17th Love. and... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah like we, Mission. We, yeah. yeah, we had an interview with uh, Jim Fortianis. I'm going to screw his last name up, but he ran it. And I guess, I don't know, the money ran... And also, he retired. He and his wife right. went to, mm. I think, Oregon. Right. But that was a wonderful venue. It was like CBGBs yeah. of, of yeah. comedy and theater. Yeah. Yeah. Bat movie night, and you know they did Batman parodies, mm. and yeah. Twilight Zone really parodies. Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Remember the Star Trek? I think they did Star Trek and they also did uh, The Gong Show yes they did I was Gene Gene the uh, the dancing machine machine there yeah (laughs) a thinner Gene Gene (laughs) (laughs) and I think I I think the Bay Area is always obviously it's filled with innovation and we associate that with tech and whatnot Mm -hmm. now but I think what what I'm looking forward to and what I'm hopeful about is that particularly in the East Bay, like you were saying, there's all these places that are popping up. Like what's the next wave going to be and how can, you know, theater artists and owners and producers help incorporate all these different, you know, modalities of performance right. to come in. And that's yeah. what I, I, it's what I miss about Piano Fight. And I, I wish dearly it was still here, but I'm also very hopeful that the next generation will find its footing, will find its space, will find, you know, the 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 person who doesn't love their grandchildren and hands off the, the, the home or the space or the money to do so, um, which is why I, I feel, you know, like this is a second home for me because yeah. it's like that's where I feel like I yeah. thrive. Mm-hmm. Eclectic Box, that's another one yeah. that's uh, opened up. Da- we interviewed wow. Danny Spinks and Joe Waterman, uh-huh. and I'm okay. sure they're lo- they can look for folks as well. Okay. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we I would have one 
do the new generation because, you know, like movie theaters are closing up. So I was wondering, well, are folks just streaming everything? People just don't want to leave the house. But I think if venues like this pop up and owners see that and they're like, oh, wow, I want to get involved in that, that, that may spark up the new yeah. uh, the new wave. And Reg, it's funny that you were talking to Justin about um, the Chargers earlier because when we first were doing So Say We All – at the whistle stop, <laughs> yeah. they put us on Monday nights, and so and there's a TV, in the bar. there's a TV in the bar, Uh-oh. and so you'd hear, you you know, our joke is that someone would be like, and that was the hardest moment of my life. Oh my God, catch a football game! What are you doing? And then I had to say goodbye to this person I loved. Oh, it was a less than ideal situation, but you know, that's the real test of the performer and the artist is if you can power through a football hula. Yeah, one time I was uh, on the phone with my mom in San Francisco, and a guy came up to me, and he was like, do you do comedy in Oakland a lot? And I was like, yeah. He goes, you're the girl who yells over the soccer games. (laughs) He recognized my voice, and he was like, you are the girl that makes it so I can't hear the announcer. (laughs) And I was like, mom, I got recognized. (laughs) And now, famously at So Say We All, the crowd is so, we've moved to Thursday nights for years, but people will shush other people people if they are being disruptive hey and that's nice and i think like that was that was a big turning point i think yeah you can us. hear a pin drop now it's yeah. a militantly protective crowd yeah. no, no 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 that is fantastic you have an audience that you know really loves it and you have you know people who are like hey i, I want to tell a story to tell and yeah. finally there's a venue where i can tell it exactly so that's cool birthdays birthdays this week uh laura Derry's birthday is today Lori tiberius okay Derry, it's so funny when she started adding her middle name into her signature. It's like, come on, Star Trek. What the hell? Anyway, her day, her birthday is today. She's an amazing improviser. Uh, one of the Bats people, one of their okay. like lead teachers. Bay Area stuff. Theater Sports, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Bats oh, still going on? And, uh, well, Bats is still going on. And then there's folks like her that have... I don't know if they're like um, independent contractors or whatever, but they do a lot of corporate things. And in okay. fact... I just got a text message from her this week talking about our show, Big Data at ACT. Yeah. So there's going to be some, at some point, some improvisational component. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. There you go. Um, Jessica Powell um, is um, I, a Bay Area actor who I've known for many years. Got to do, during the lockdown, um, SF Shakes did King Lear online. Mm-hmm. Uh, very bizarre production, but she played <laughs> King Lear, and it was so cool. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brittany Villars is um, at other end of the spectrum as a young person that I, I've worked with SF Shakes a few times now. Um, I was uh, doing what were we doing? No, that was uh, Pericles, and she was one of the tech people. Now she's gone off to grad school, so I'm like, oh wait, young people are not young anymore. They they keep getting older. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sean J. O'Neill, people with middle initials. (laughs) Sean um, is, uh, I met him as a young actor when the African American Shakespeare Company got started, and he was our token white guy. Oh, nice. And he was so good. And then he went off to Sacramento and I think West Sac and became a principal. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm like, pretty amazing. That's amazing. I'm going to skip this one because I think you have it. Emily <laughs> Kishian. I'm sure I just mangled her name. <laughs> um, as I've gotten older, as an actor, I start being the parent to adult characters. So my, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, Hamlet. Uh, Ophelia. Ophelia. 
my Ophelia, I was Polonius, ah. she was my daughter, and it was also, I think, the first time I'm like, wow, this is a really attractive woman, she's my daughter. Uh, okay. Be nice. This is what parents Should be kosher, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, that's, this is what it is to be a man who has a hot daughter, mm-hmm. and you're not Donald Trump. <laughs> Anyway, amazing Pol- actor. And she's Polonius is a still a better with, father than yeah, Donald Trump. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> she, um, she's also with Playground SF these days. So nice. That's been wonderful. Uh, Brian Quakenbush. I saw a production of Twelfth Night many years ago. Um, many, many years ago. And I saw the best Malvolio I have ever seen. Mm. Nice. Until I saw Brian do it about ten years ago. And I'm in a little, like, a little place where you're, the audience is like, you could reach out and touch. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, you could touch the performers. And he just commanded the space in a way that was just amazing and ridiculously funny. Uh, Tessa Koenig Martinez is the person I blame for my theater career because I moved to the Bay Area going, I'm not quitting, but I don't know that I'm doing any more theater. And within like eight months, a friend of hers, my friend now, Richard Talavera, mm-hmm. was doing a play and he needed a black guy. And she said, oh, I think my friend, I think I have a friend who just moved here. And bam, I, I never looked back. Yeah, wow. Uh, Stephanie Taylor, Bethia, I did not know she had gotten married, but she has. Um, amazing comic actress. And two more. Oh, I think you might have this one as well. So I'm going to save it. Last one I have is Darren Wilkerson. Um, we went to San Francisco State together. And um, I don't know what else to say about him. He was a directing student, and his mother is a major educator in theater. And I don't know what he's up to these days, but these are the birthday kids I have for the week. All right. And my list, uh, you probably saved this for me, Bridget, D- Bridget Dutta-Portman. She's a fantastic uh, Bay Area uh, playwright and also novelist. I've noticed there are a lot of playwrights who are getting into the, uh, the novelist game, and uh, she has done that. And I think she's also an artistic director, I think, at the Pear Theater. Oh, yeah. But in any case, Bridget Dutta-Portman, happy birthday to you. Um, to, yesterday was Stephen Ortiz. You may have uh, yeah, saved yesterday. that to well, me. We did that last week, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, two days ago was Jake Wilson. Let me uh, go further. Uh, Micah Kavita, <laughs> bingo. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was. I didn't want to say Mika, but uh, she's a fantastic actress. Uh, I think you brought her on, or it's possible. I I just again, young people. You meet somebody and you're like, wow, you're amazing, and then bam, next mm-hmm. thing you know, we're talking to them. Yeah. And I remember being so excited because I like, oh, I want to work with you, and she started talking about. I'm getting ready to move to L.A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've got a production company I'm putting up. I'm like, yeah. Okay. And she came back. And, and you know, she's here now. Uh, so in any case, happy birthday. Her birthday's Tuesday. Um, I went to um, Duke Ellington School of the Arts before I went to NYU. Oh, cool. And uh, another person who graduated with me is Nicole Prescott. She started off as a ballet dancer. And now she's in L.A. doing all sorts of, you know, uh, television stuff. And, you know, she's doing really, really good. So, Nicole, happy birthday to you. Thursday, Raymond Ray. Uh, there's a poster, uh, Marriage of Betten Boo. And he uh, directed that, and um, he's been a fantastic actor slash director slash um, teacher. He's also a filmmaker, <clears throat> and we had him on. He told a wonderful story. He's a trans man, and he uh, on the yay he shared his story about you know just being a part of the transgender community. And I think it was during the time that Dave Chappelle was you know making all sorts of headlines right. for all the wrong reasons, right. and he gave his 
his um his take on it. So oh, that's was, amazing. Yeah, it was, well, it, it was, was even more amazing. I thought because as an older, you know, not a young person going through that, having gone through that when that was not even on the radar for you know the larger society. And now looking at what's happening, it was interesting perspective. Yeah, and it was wonderful that he would share that. He felt comfortable sharing that. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ray, happy birthday to you. Uh, Dove Hassan, who is the husband of Linda Amayo Hassan, uh, he is an actor. I'm not sure if he's a playwright. I know that Linda is a playwright. Mm-hmm. But they're very, very active in the Latino um, theater community. Mm-hmm. And I think they both are teachers at uh, Chabot College. Oh, nice. And the last one, uh, although we, I'm not sure if we're meeting Saturday, but Helena Alvarez. Uh, oh! Her yay. birthday is Saturday, and she, uh, I produced a play that I wrote, Four Men in Paris, uh, and she was wonderful as, um, oh, this oh, play well, that I wrote. Uh, Julia Wright. <laughs> Julia Wright, that's what I was yes. thinking about. Who and, is the, um, and, and what was the other character? Not Fatima. Uh, Fatima. Fatima, that's what Fatima. Uh, and it was uh, based on the real story of Richard Wright, and she played the daughter of Richard Wright, wow. uh, Julia. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool, and she was fantastic. And you know, she, you know, she was going through all sorts of stuff. She now has a family of her own. Yeah. Hopefully, she'll get back onto the stage because she's a wonderful presence. She was very good. Yep, those are the and Scott uh, Larson. I huh? thought you would say Scott Larson, no? I don't know Scott oh, Larson. Oh, you know, I thought you did. Playwright, another okay. playwright. Yes, right on shows. Happy birthday, everybody. Yeah. Um, before we get into shows, I want to, we have another sponsor, uh, Charles Blades Barbers. Uh, they are at 182nd Street in downtown Oakland, only a couple blocks away from where I am. They are a very cool, relaxing place where you can get your cuts on and they'll even serve you a complimentary drink. They also sell hair gels, pomades, shampoos, and conditioners. Hop online, give their products a try, and support minority businesses like my man Charles Blades, and we want to thank them for sponsoring the A. CBB.hair. That's where you can do your appointment and uh, look good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, shows. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Plethos Productions, um, they are having a fundraiser going to create a new theater space in downtown Hayward. And we'll be a part of that fundraising, a part of the fundraising campaign. Plethos is hosting a retreat at Camp Monologa on the weekend of July the 26th through the 28th. Along with the host of teaching classes by some of the best Bay Area theater artists, the Yay will be hosting a live episode taping. Plus, gourmet King Camp-inspired food by Mad Creation served at the mess hall. Swing hole, my, uh, wine, and paint night, plus so much more. But we're very excited mm-hmm. to do a live uh, show, uh, you know, a live yay uh, yeah, episode. Broadcast, yeah. yeah. And she told me what the lineup is going to be. So there's going to be a whole cavalcade of lineups, right. including Kimberly Ridgeway. It'll be like today. Lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Show. So. People where they are. Uh, San Jose stage is doing that January the thirty first through February the twenty fifth. Oh, Terrence I'm Smith. Terrence Smith will be in it. He'll be on stage. I think um, he's the lead actor. Uh, Kathleen Ridley. Uh, somebody else. Oh my God. How am I not remembering? That's horrible. <laughs> uh, here, I can I put hit the link. People where they are about the show cast. Uh, Kathleen Ridgeway, Benny Sato Ambush. Benny is the director. Uh, Brady Morales Woolery, Rebecca Pingree. Pingree, that's it. Yeah. Rebecca. Yes. Estrella Esparza Johnson, Jordan Co- Co- Covington, Michael Chaplin, and of course our man Sharon Smith. Oh, Michael Chaplin. I know Michael. Huh? Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Small world. Aren't you, The Marsh? Uh, once again, uh, Fred Pitts is uh, doing his one man show that ends March the 2nd. 
Uh, also, uh, A Little Night Music by South Bay Musical Theater. That ends February the 17th. Uh, Nick Mandrakia is in that show. A Little Night Music, I, I just love Sondheim, and so that's one of my favorite musicals. Um, Legally Blonde, that's being done at the Foothill Musical Theater. That ends, that begins March the 1st, ending March the 17th. Uh, Melissa Mamboese is in that production, and she's she was uh, a guest on The A. A Misery, uh, that's the Stephen King uh, book slash movie. It is now a play. And uh, Kimberly Ridgway is directing that. That'll be at Palo Alto Players. The last show is tomorrow, so check that out. Uh, Cutting Ball is doing Not Therapy, uh, February the 16th through the 18th. Rada Corral, we've talked about that. That's her one-woman show, so check that out. Aurora Theater is doing Manhattan. Uh, ending, it begins February the 9th, it ends March the 10th. Linda Amaya Hassan is in that show. We just talked about her uh, husband, Dove. So uh, she's active in that and so there'll be a link so you can check that out uh we've talked about big data uh at act uh norman g's an understudy so we're hoping that he'll get on uh that begins february the 15th it ends march the 10th and it's got bd wong that's right wow. <laughs> people who want to you know get all you know ce- celebrity yeah that's crazy. right wow yeah so that's uh that's the big catch to get the audiences in uh, unpacking in P-Town. The new Conservatory Theater Center is doing that. Kimberly Ridgeway is directing that show. That's March the thirty-first, th- March the first through the thirty-first. P-Town. P-Town. That's what that's what it says. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, P apostrophe town. So yeah. Uh, As you like it is being done at Sh- uh, San Francisco Shakes, uh, February through May in various areas. Jen Coogan, uh, she and her husband were on the Yay. They'll be a part of the musical creative team for the show, and we have a link for that. Uh, and the last show that I have is uh, Shotgun Players Best Available. Shotgun Players is doing that May the 18th through the 31st. Uh, Jonathan Spector is the writer. John Tracy is the director. Kimberly Ridgway, we mentioned her name again, is the associate director, and we have a link for that. Um, Our good friend Catherine Park is a local Bay Area musician and songwriter, singer-songwriter, and she'll be performing at the San Francisco International Arts Festival on April the 17th, possibly May the 9th. That's what it says here. The event is called The Last Supper Party, and we have a link for that if you would want to check that out. And on February the 10th, she'll be, um, there'll be a movie called Sorry We're Dead. It's an independent movie. It'll be playing at the Roxy Theater, and Catherine Park is in that. So we have a link for that as well. Uh, don't just listen to our podcast. There are other podcasts going on. Barry Graves, uh, who played Richard Wright in my play, Foreman in Paris, he has a podcast called The Black Man's Heart, so check that out. Mallory Samara, her day job is KCBS Radio, and she is a co-producer of two podcasts, As Prescribed and also Bay Current. Central Works has the Central Works Script Club. It's a podcast where you can download and read a play script and then listen to an audio interview with a playwright delivered semi-annually. Our good friend Aaron Henney is the Artistic Director of Theater Dybbuk in L.A. It's a Jewish-based uh, theater company, and they have a podcast called The Dybbukast. So check that out. Deborah Cortez has a podcast called Let's Talk About Grief. She was very, very open talking about the death of her son a couple of years ago. Uh, she talked about that on our podcast, and so she has a podcast to talk about grief, and she'll bring in people to share their stories as well. And lastly, Bindlestiff has the Fobcast, exploring Philippine-American immigrant stories. Check out the Fobcast on any podcast app. We have jerseys. We have black, white, pinstriped. Uh, we really enjoy when people take pictures of them in the yay jerseys. It's only 30 bucks. Hit me up, PM, DM me, as the kids say, it's, uh, and 
and get yourself a jersey. That is it. Did everybody enjoy themselves? Such a good time. Do you mind if Do you mind if I do a little sprinkle of a call to action? Please, please please do. Uh, Dear listener, I'm speaking to you. If you have a story you'd like to tell, and we know you do, why don't you hop on over to SoSayWeAllOnline.com and uh, send us something. You can submit from anywhere in the world. You can do all of your rehearsals with us over Zoom. And if you're able to pop down in person for the show, then we are looking forward to meeting you. That's SoSayWeAllOnline.com. <laughs> Reg and Norman, that includes you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You and can always we, submit a story. Yeah. Ah. And for folks, you know, we when we do our podcast, when we launch the episode, we have these liner notes, and there's a link, so you don't have to worry about, oh my God, i got to write that down. Hit the link right there, and you will get there. And we have www.sosayweallonline.com. All right. Just ah. click it on, and you can learn all about it and even sign up. Fantastic. There you go. Thank you guys so much. Thank Thank you you. very much. Absolutely. It's a wonderful Saturday. And as uh, Norman and I always say, we We got to find find a better better sign off. off. And we are. (laughs) We are out.